Hey, thanks for listening to Suicide Buddies. I want to say right up top, before we start this episode, we joke around on this show about suicides, suicidal thoughts, and depression, but that's because we've been there and that's how we deal with it and we hope it'll help you, not because we take that subject lightly. So we do want to say, please stay safe, take care of yourselves, reach out to people for help if you need it, and right now... Hearing this, if you're having suicidal thoughts and if you're feeling yourself approaching suicide especially, we got to urge you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They are such a great resource. They will hear you and they know what you're going through. Please call if you need it. And otherwise, enjoy the show. Hampton and I are do- releasing an Offspring cover album. <laughs> Dude, that would be so uh, funny. Uh, we should do that. Mm-hmm. On Spring? On Spring. On there Spring. You go. Hampton Spring. <laughs> Hampton Spring. <laughs> Wait, this idea got loose right away. Right out the gate. I don't the know, idea man, do you want to be wild. a Hampton or a Hampt Off? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a cover. It's a cover album, but you know we do it uh, sexy. We do yeah, it a little bit sexier than how Offspring did it. We feel like the lyrics were <laughs> sexier than what they were putting out there. Yeah, they didn't really. That was my main problem with Offspring is they didn't really match their music with their look. No, now it's got. <laughs> so now it's going to be like, give it to me, baby. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Harder. <laughs> yeah. Instead of saying uh huh uh huh, we'll say. Harder. Pretty fly for a white guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You say we're pretty fly for two white guys. (laughs) (laughs) My friend's got a girlfriend. Man, he hates that bitch. Beep. It'll be clean. It'll be a clean album. He hates that. Beep. (laughs) He does a big friend. He hates that bitch. Pronounces every part of the bitch. It's a spoken word offspring cover album. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny, dude. My friend's got a girlfriend, Mm, man. He hates that that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. La 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 la. Produced by Ben Folds. (laughs) It's kind of like an instrumentation record, you know. We just have the voice kind of being its own instrument. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like a nerd who, you know, writes sad songs. What's the beginning of "Come Out and Play"? What? How's it go? There's like a little quote. Um, Who's "Come Out and Play"? "Come Out and Play" is the one that's like. Boom, 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 oh, boom, right. Boom, boom. There's like a little saying. Fuck. Do you remember it, Aristotle? It's like. All right. I'm going to the board. Folks, you're going to want to. You're going to want to YouTube. Uh, you're going to want to uh, get on YouTube. Uh, you're going to want to look past Pornhub and get on YouTube. You're going to want to look up Offspring 
come out and play. Uh, it's a it's a very important oh. record as, as far as Obama is concerned. Offspring come out and man, something about easy. I cannot take write. it easy. Fuck, what is it? Dude? Hey man, hey man, you talking back to me? No, no, no. It's before that. Oh. You gotta keep yeah, them separated. You gotta keep them separated. That's <laughs> what it is. How did he not remember that? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. He's talking about butt cheeks. You gotta keep them separated. You gotta keep. You gotta keep them separated. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Johnny Cash spoken word. You gotta keep them separated. <laughs> oh my I'm god! I'm talking dude. about my butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the farting easier. <laughs> Older. I got a bad more, habit. More natural. <laughs> um, well, this is Suicide Buddies. Well, fuck it. Fuck this you. Is, huh? I fuck shut it. Up. God, fuck. <laughs> shut up. It's Suicide Buddies. Eat my shit, you Eat a shut up. bag of trash. God, I'm sick of this. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening right now to Suicide Buddies. This is a comedy mental health podcast uh, brought to you by me, Hampton Yunt. And me, Dave Ross. David to the Ross. David <laughs> Ross. <laughs> uh, we enjoy you guys uh, yes. enjoying this podcast, yes. and we're glad you're alive. Uh, mm-hmm. We often talk about a suicide in history at some point in the podcast, but we also like to use this as kind of a weekly catch-up between two friends. Uh, yeah, we'll, we they'll like be here to... momentarily. We'll have the friends here <laughs> any minute now. Once a week, we like to reestablish our personal feelings about '90s alternative rock <laughs> before we get into whether or not we feel like we want to die. Um, uh, Dave, I've just been informed the friends are arriving. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're getting airdropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just look up and echoing you hear. Oh, and here they come. Oh my god, we lost Chandler! We lost Chandler! Chandler has dropped from the helicopter. No more zingers today. It's a dark day for zingers in America. <laughs> no more zingers. Well, they lost the stupid one. The stupid one is dead. It's Joey. Joey's the stupid one. <laughs> Joey's the stupid one. Chandler's the panicky one, oh, wait. and Ross is the sad one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the monkey was stupid, too. Uh, Phoebe was stupid, also. Right. She's not a monkey. She's not the monkey? She's not a monkey. Huh. There was a monkey. There was a monkey? Anyway, it's America's best show. Totally. <laughs> Everyone loves it. <laughs> I it went for 10 seasons, and not one single black person was ever on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever That's I rewatch weird. an episode weird, of Friends, right? I'm like, damn, dude, this is the most privileged whitewashed TV show fucking ever. It'd be so funny if there was always like a black person walking up to him, like, um, excuse me, and they're just like, um, we're talking. Ex- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, uh, what's up? You want to fuck your brother? <laughs> Wasn't that part of the show that the brother and sister were having sex? Anyway, it's America's favorite show, Game of Thrones. It is just really Game of weird. Friends. Not to get on a Game of... It's Game of Thrones. Game of Friends of Thrones. Get Friends of Thrones. <laughs> friends with Thrones. Friend- 
<laughs> That's what I call it when I fuck my sister. Friends with thrones. I saw Sean Patton, a uh, uh, friend of both of us, amazing comedian, Sean love Patton, love do him. a set once where I don't know if he ever did anything with this joke, but he was like, hey, I love that show Seinfeld where a comedian lives in New York by himself and doesn't hang out with other comedians. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, someone who just does comedy shows can afford a one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan, and all of his friends aren't comics. Sure. And ever since then, every time I watch a sitcom, I'm like, so the premise of this is that these people live in New York, and their apartment's big? Man, fuck this. I also like the further extrapolation of this Jerry Seinfeld logic, where he's he's just driven all of his friends away from his life. Right. And now as an old man, he's like... Hey, do you want to get like coffee? Like, dude, I'll bring a nice car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's just go get coffee. Like, he's that's reconnecting so funny. with friends. Oh, anyway, sorry I treated you like shit when I was becoming a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> you wow. point to any girl at the schoolyard, you got her. You <laughs> Seinfeld will make it happen, baby. Mike Michael Richards is like, I'll do it. And you're like, yeah, not you, not you. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Anyone enough else? shitting on dead comedians. Uh, I am. How, how are we? <laughs> I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. Great, dude. <laughs> I've been taking a lot of Hampton's helpful hints lately. No. Yes. Get out of here. I mean, they're not necessarily ones that you ever said. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> Bo. Bo. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, D- Dave! You're gonna get my doctor's license revoked. <laughs> I know. If you I'm don't sorry. follow the Hamptons helpful hints to a T, <laughs> you will die from suicide. <laughs> That's just a fact. If you don't, if you don't drink enough water or you drink too much water, kablamo, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Kablamo. Well, I better get on it. No, no, no. I mean, like, you haven't actually said like a shitload of them, but it's like water, and what was the other one? Kiss. Push-ups. Kiss your. Al- almonds, <laughs> almonds. When you're no, Dave. No, wait. You're you deliberately are trespassing right now. <laughs> On Hampton's helpful hint. Okay. It's either number seven or eight. Don't fuck my wife. <laughs> Dude, I because I know it's gonna be like a cult. People are gonna start. They're gonna drinking. try to fuck your wife. They're gonna, no, they're gonna drink more water. They're gonna get more almond energy and do push-ups, and they're gonna feel like God. And then they're gonna think that they can overtake me, God. And no, you can't fuck my wife. What is happening? <laughs> I'm just laying some ground rules for my cult. <laughs> This is crazy. This went off the rails so fast. Anyway, don't fuck fuck my wife or my girlfriend. I love that you're God, but but you're super insecure about your marriage. What? Wait. Have you read the Bible? Who's more insecure than God? Don't have any other images of other gods. Yeah. I'm the one true God. Yeah, Um, that's like the first version of like, I saw you like one of your ex-girlfriend's photos. What's this graven image of a fucking cow? Oh, how about I get my shit in me? <laughs> oh, wow. You're reading Allah's book, I see. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I, I saw you staring at Buddha's tits. <laughs> you want to tip fuck Buddha, don't you? Just admit it. Oh, yeah. You want to get gangbanged by all those fucking Hindu gods, don't you? <laughs> all right. There's a lot of all gods. Right. Aristotle. It's a polytheistic Aristotle, religion. If you could, on the ones and twos, if you could cancel Dave. Excuse me. Cancel him, please. Uh, <laughs> just because it's polytheism doesn't mean I should. It's my fault. 
<laughs> well, why don't you pray to one of the 13 gods of forgiveness? <laughs> okay. All right. I will. All right. Uh, no, no, no. What I mean is I've been uh, doing a lot of that type of stuff. I've been drinking more water. I've been exercising a lot. I've been going to bed early, oh. doing all those types of things. And uh, feeling feeling pretty good lately. I was in a bit of a depression, and then one day I was like, "Well, well, start. I'll, I'll I got to do what Hampton said." <laughs> Already, dude. This is why people think I'm God. <laughs> you wake up in the morning. What this did, is why what did Hampton say I had to do? <laughs> uh huh. Well. I you try know? not to be a cult leader. This has happened several times in my life. I know. I've had to change identities, change countries. But, totally. You know, what can I say? I'm charismatic. <laughs> oh, what can I say? <laughs> oh. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> it's a good point, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I am no longer depressed, and I never will be ever again. <laughs> uh, because Hampton is my god. Hampton, I hear that you have some tour dates. That's absolutely correct. Well, let's fucking hear them, dude. (laughs) Uh, Atlanta, I will be up in your business. I will be in Stankonia and the Dirty South at the same time invading uh, Bombs Over Baghdad uh, December 12th. Uh, go uh, to One Up Comedy or HamptonYunt.com to get tickets to that. Then I'll be at... uh, Wilmington, uh, North Carolina at the Dead Crow Comedy uh, Club. <laughs> Comedy Club? Uh, Room. Dece- December 13th. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Fuck! Forget it! Don't come see me! I'm a failure! Why would you? <laughs> It'll just be this. <laughs> me forgetting things. I keep saying All the right. wrong words. Sorry. Hey, thank you for coming taking- to my show. Room! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I'm taking forever to say this. All right, December 13th, 14th at uh, Dead Crow Comedy Room in Wilmington, North Carolina. And then December 15th at the Union Stage in Washington, D.C. Please come out uh, to that one especially. Need to, need to sell tickets. Come on, guys. Hell yeah, dude. Go to all that. Everyone go to all of that. <laughs> all of you, no matter where you live. You will be flown out for free. You will be <laughs> all of your medical bills will be paid for no matter how many fights you get in. Because it will hurt. <laughs> Because the plane's gonna take you to heaven And then you're gonna fall from heaven He doesn't do comedy He kinda goes on stage and hurts us (laughs) Yeah it was pretty funny But it hurt And Dave you're about to Whoa Over the line Over the line Is it secret? Is it a secret show? No it's true I do I, I have a date I have a tour date are you, gonna you. Are you going to marry it? You're going to marry it? Finally, if I'm going to marry it, I'm going to marry my tour. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am fucking finally, seemingly for the first time in my life, doing a headlining show in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> uh, at uh, North Bar, December 13th. Ticket links are not up yet, but they will be up soon. Um I the like loose info is on my website, but and I will put the I will blast the fucking link out on the internet and then announce it on this podcast when it's up. But mark your calendar, December thirteenth, Chicago, Illinois. I'm gonna be there. And B Square. <laughs> I'm gonna be both. 
Well, this episode, we are doing a suggestion that we got kind of for Halloween, but I think it still works with this time of year. It's a nice spooky story. Okay. Y'all ready to get spooked? <laughs> y'all ready for sp- y'all ready for spook? y'all ready for spook y'all ready for spook? Uh, and it's about the Lemp family. We will be talking about um, a family that made its fortune during uh, Lemp Biscuit. Uh, <laughs> the Lemp family that unfortunately <laughs> led to our national tragedy, Lemp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all about uh, prohibition and uh, fun alcohol stuff. Uh, oh. Check it out. Cool. Doesn't matter what they say, cause I'm gonna get my way if I don't wanna go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, you don't even know what's I just, coming. I in no way respect you. Oh, what? I just in no way respect your dojo. What? <laughs> I, honestly, your dojo is a bit of a joke. What is this a reference to? Your dojo. Okay. I'm talking about it <laughs> uh-huh. out in public. Uh-huh. I'm airing it out. Got it. Your dojo, and frankly, your kung fu in general, it's a joke. <laughs> no, but what... What are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, is that a... Th- I actually, I just don't get it. I just don't. But it did make me You never me laugh. see old uh, old kung fu movies? Uh, no, that's not they, really, That's actually. how they insult you. They say your dojo's gross. They say your kung fu's a joke. Your, your dojo's like your a dojo. joke. Yeah. They call it always a joke. It's like, it's just a joke. Yeah. Your dojo's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm just practicing kicks? Uh, what a joke. You jo- call this real kung fu? It's pointing, they're pointing at your cat, Jojo. Your Jojo's a joke. <laughs> your Jojo's a joke. By you call way, that being a cat? What a joke. I picked up a pill bottle, excuse me, on Hampton's coffee table. I don't get what you're referencing. And uh, apparently they make their cat take pills. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely him. All right, we don't support his addiction. Yeah. He's all pilled up. He's basically on a bunch of oxycot. Yeah, it's of, interesting. Much of rave. Your cat drugs. is on Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> he saw huh. the ad with the little the little oh. uh, beanbag thing that gets sad. Uh, you know. Dude, how funny would it be if you're at my house and you pick up a pill bottle and it's for Dr. Funk and it's for Levitra? <laughs> Cialis? What the <laughs> what fuck? The fuck, dude? <laughs> now, we can't afford to get Joe Horny anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, not anymore. Your salary. <laughs> <laughs> anymore, I know. Uh, he's a joke. JoJo's a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> the JoJo Dojo? Come on. The Impractical Jokers. What a joke. <laughs> They are a joke to me. <laughs> the impractical <laughs> jokers. Oh man, Joe Rogan, your dojo is a joke. Joke Rogan. Joke Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed with kung fu movies growing up. Yeah, loved them. You should get into them; they're fun. I mean, the ones I've watched, I like. Yeah, I like karate and shit. I hear you. I mean, it is like it's maybe too late in life. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. It never really happened for me, but I do like it. Like you know, I've. 
the modern ones are amazing. I love Jackie Chan and shit too. Yeah, I don't know. I love it when people kick ass <laughs> in movies. My thing is at the time is I was in the Wu Tang clan, mm-hmm. so they kind of made me watch those things. Right. I was like, fellas, can't we just do our rhymes? <laughs> they were like, they're like, oh, no, man. we gotta watch the Shaolin Master. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we gotta watch uh, Swords, you know, uh, from Asia. I think we have to kick out Izzo. <laughs> <laughs> You're his up. Oh, uh, yeah, we have to get rid of Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Rizza. I'm the Jizza. And I'm and- Hampton. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm doing my raps. A lot of gang activity here. Boop, boop, bop, pow, pow, pow. Out of my gun come the bullets. Boop, boop. <laughs> oh, man, the new kid's good. He's maybe oh my stop God. showing him those kung fu movies. He's getting too good at this. <laughs> hey everybody, would you look at me? I'm pretty good at rapping <laughs> improvisationally. <laughs> oh fuck Cops you! Cops are stupid. Fuck I this and cool. fuck you. Cops are stupid, <laughs> and I am cool. cool. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I just saying. Hampton's cool and cops drool. Your rhymes are a joke. <laughs> oh boy. You have mediocre rhymes. <laughs> oh man, we're from Shaolin Land and I'm from Virginia. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate read. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah, no, don't watch kung fu movies as an adult. You have to have enjoyed that as a kid. That's all I'd say, right? <laughs> I don't know. I like, I, I like, I've seen, I like Dong Bak a lot. And oh, it yeah. was because the Rizza and the Jizza told me to watch it. <laughs> I saw a thing, an ad for really? Ong Bak on TV, and it was Rizza and Jizza being like, that we fully so support this movie. Funny. Uh, Tony, what's his fucking name? Tony, I forget his last Tony name. Tony Ja? Tony Ja, yeah. Oh, the fuck guy yeah. from Ong Bak. Dude, it the... just onged on me. <laughs> that... <laughs> Oh, no. Guys, check out the last episode. Or was actually it was our last bonus episode, patreon.com slash suicide buddies. Oh, uh we that talked about so how I learned that um there's a whole there's a whole <laughs> thing on Twitter where there's people that think the phrase it dawned on me is it donged on me. <laughs> yeah, and it's about forty minutes of that, us <laughs> laughing about that in different ways. But also talking about the movie Beetlejuice. Dude, it just a, dawned on me that oh, I'm gay. Fuck. That was, you know? <laughs> holy shit. Uh, fuck, what was I going to... Oh, yeah, The Raid. Have you seen The Raid? I love The, the Raid. The Raid 2? Man, that's exactly like... That's modern day kung fu movies that are just Dude, super so good. palatable. They're gorgeous. But uh, Old Boy is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's definitely like elements... I mean that fight scene is the fight scene incredible. is unreal. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I can do part, that. I'm into you know? the part where he fucks his daughter. Me too. Like I'm always like, I can do that. I too. can do that. No stunt man. I can do that. <laughs> no stunt man. No, no stunt man. No, no cameras. Stuntman, dude. <laughs> <laughs> cameras. I could do. I can do. Old boy. You dude. remember that scene from Old Boy? I can do that. <laughs> no stunt man. No cameras, no script, dude. I can fuck my daughter They're like, of my own accord. I could do that scene from Old Boy. You mean that fight scene? No, no dude. dude. Even better. The scene where he has like a long-term relationship with his own daughter. <laughs> where they're like sort of star-crossed, you know? But they want it, though. Star-crossed. Star-crossed lovers. That's so funny. 
but family edition. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet family edition. The Bachelorette <laughs> family edition. <laughs> well, Jessica, who do you choose in your immediate family to be the bachelor? Uh, uh, choose my dad? <laughs> well, sorry. It's the only options we have. Uh, yeah, I really like Romeo and Juliet, but what if Romeo was Juliet's dad? How about... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Security. <laughs> yeah, Romeo will be played by Brian Dennehy, and Juliet will be played by Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Oh, my God. Holy freaking <laughs> snikes! <laughs> what light through yawn window breaks? <laughs> I just got a boner! <laughs> wow. Oh, I yeah. hate myself. <laughs> uh, I hate myself. <laughs> deeply and truly. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody I went to school with at Virginia Tech uh, would do. <laughs> That's why it's funny. <laughs> Don't steal my jokes. I didn't even remember that. I already did. <laughs> Don't steal my gimmicks. Sorry, dude. Uh, yeah. No one ever got shot there. Sorry. No one ever got shot there. I made it up. <laughs> Come see me live. <laughs> but everybody would do like a Chris Farley impression and you know like the same couple lines like even the shooter <laughs> sorry should we cut this out the police are doing a psych profile uh, the shooter apparently at the scene he told his motive which is apparently he lives in a van down by the river uh, police are going to follow this lead as strongly as they can <laughs> If anybody knows of the whereabouts of this van down by the river, the shooter committed the worst atrocity in 20 years. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just associate the Chris Farley shit. I guess like, I shot yeah. some people. <laughs> <laughs> and then All right, I, I'm back in. And I'm then I in. evaded capture. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I hid in a bell tower. And then, <laughs> but the point is, I want to fuck my dad. Or wait, what was the wrong? <laughs> I have untreated mental illness, I guess, <laughs> and I have to be put in an institution. I'm doing fake quotes. <laughs> With every every time I oh, man. accentuate one a word, that was when I was doing the fake quotes. Not to get off on a tangent, but I do feel like it relates to mental health. I mean, Chris Farley, mm. tragic, yeah, tragic figure. Did you read the Chris Farley show? That book? No. About him? It is just I was like crying in the Barnes and Noble. That was I was reading it at illegally. Wow. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it just is so sad. Yeah, I've heard this about him. He had like a level of self hate that was like um, pretty unmatched, right? Pretty sincere. Yeah, also that's why he was. A good point to say that uh, clearly we do not think the Virginia Tech shooter killing people is funny. <laughs> I just want to throw uh, that out. Jury's out. out. <laughs> jury, I, jury's out on mass shootings. America really hasn't made a consensus yeah. since I went to college. <laughs> they really haven't decided. We do just keep uh, having them. 
It's funny, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I felt like maybe this episode we hadn't said, oh. if this is your first time listening, we joke around about dark shit. Uh, we just joke <laughs> around about dark shit. That's what we do. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, well, he just kind of like, it's more laid out in the book the, where um, the depression is so uh, palpable. Yeah. And like what a uh, thin mask he was kind of wearing on Dude, top of it all. I've heard you know? this. Man, I should read that. I fucking love him. It's There's nuts. uh I have the Tommy Boy Holy Schnikes edition, not to brag. And um <laughs> uh I wanted a DVD copy of Tommy Boy and I was in a Best Buy and so it was honestly perfect. Holy and shit. And so yeah, I know. So I went looking for it and I found it. But the only edition they had was the Holy Schnikes edition. That's fair though cuz I have the um Criterion collection <laughs> yeah. version of Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh totally. with the, they added an ex, it's the extra farts version. They had Paul oh. Paul Blart more fart the Paul, Criterion Paul fart, collection. Mall fart. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, mall farts. You know when you get the mall farts? Uh, they have like audio commentary by David Lynch and shit. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it, you know, obviously it was just like they re-released it with like more bonus features and more maybe bonus. it was a director's cut or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But on that particular edition, the bonus features included a behind the scenes thing where there were interviews with people on set and there was a whole part of the behind the scenes thing where... It starts with David Spade going, um, man, Chris drinks a lot of coffee. And then it just like cuts to him pounding coffee. And then it cuts to another person who's like, yeah, yeah, you would not believe how much coffee Chris drinks. And then it cuts to him like running into a wall or falling over. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this is about cocaine, clearly. <laughs> because it just keeps, it's like this big joke. Yeah. In the bonus features where they're all like, LOL, isn't it funny how much coffee he drinks? <laughs> this is a guy who's at the height of his career, like his most known movie he's shooting at. He's the most famous he'll ever be, and he's doing the most drugs ever. He's like yeah, coked up the whole time. And ever since then especially, I was like, oh man, yeah, fuck. Yeah, he would really like mm. uh, boomerang through rehab. Uh, yeah. And uh, it really ruins those movies. So thanks, Hampton. Thanks, Dave. Hmm, guess I can't watch Tommy Boy anymore without getting sad. More like Saddy Boy. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because people say that's like one of the all-time top feel-good movies. I know. Like rated is that like people put it in to watch. It's like oddly one of the best-selling DVDs of all time. Because yeah. families always watch it. And it's like... People have all these great <laughs> memories associated with it, but it's like, read that book, man. It's really fucking insane. Yeah, um, well, just how sad he was all the time. Ugh. Well, sp- uh, speaking of things that are never sad, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Lemp Biscuit. <laughs> the Lemp, Lemp, <clears throat> the Lemp family. The Lemp family, uh, and this is all revolving around the Lemp uh, mansion. Uh, which has a curse associated with it and ghost stories. So that's why Limp Biscuit started because <laughs> of the curse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Uh, it wasn't, in fact, all for the nookie. They did it for scientific research. <laughs> they were trying to detect ghosts. <laughs> They're very invested in the paranormal. <laughs> they did it. I mean, they did it only partially for the nookie. Do you feel that? And Something's then, moving in, moving out. Moving in, <laughs> moving out. Seems like it Put your keeps hands up. rolling. 
Um, okay, the Limp family. All right, this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst podcast I've ever been associated with. Well, me too. Today. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, so I'm going to be pulling a lot from this article that was written on uh, this website called The Lineup. Uh, and this article was written by Audrey Webster. So I want to give credit where credit's due because I'm going to be largely reading this article. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's so well done uh, and it's not that long either. So, But to um, Thank gi- God. give a backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank fucking Christ. Thank fucking God. All right, to give kind of a timestamp on this, uh, uh, Johann Adam Lemp, uh, this is where it all kind of begins, was born in 1798 uh, in Eschwege, Germany. Uh, so this is a long time ago. What was the year again? Uh, 1798. Okay. Um, good year. <laughs> this is a pretty good year. Good year. Oh, good year in the old Ross oh, household. Oh, and in Germany? Oh, you know it must have been good. In Germany? Uh, because at the time, a lot of immigrants uh, started leaving uh, shortly after. Uh, I guess there was some sort of economic depression. Oh. And so in 1836, Johann Adam, he'll probably be referred to as Adam a lot in this. Adam Lemp. Uh, Lemp immigrated to the United States, uh, leaving mm-hmm. behind his native Germany. Uh, and he eventually finding his place in St. Louis. Uh, about took about two years to kind of get settled. Um, and after settling in the United States, Lemp sought to make his fortune by becoming a grocer. <laughs> it was uh, his dream. He wanted uh, to start a grocery store. Uh, grocery selling store. biscuits? <laughs> <laughs> Lemp's biscuits! <laughs> oh, guten Tag. Please try the, the new nookie cookie. The, what's the new nookie cookie? <laughs> it's a Lemp's Biscuits. The Nookie Cookie from Lemp's Biscuits. Guten Tag. Please don't commit a hate crime against me. <laughs> like, everyone at this time who's an, like an immigrant is always getting accosted all the time. Oh, right. It's yeah, so America funny. sucks, dude. Yeah. Basically, if you're ever the new person, it was <laughs> never good for you. Ever. No one was like, fucking, the Chinese are here? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you should build a railroad. We should build the railroad, <laughs> not them. Ra- Do you like trains? We've been here longer. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to like trains when we force you to like trains. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Fuck. Well, this guy, he had high dreams. Uh, he was going to open up a grocery store called A. Lemp & Co. Uh, <laughs> missed opportunity. And he did. He started it. <laughs> but uh, he soon realized he was making uh, kind of this vinegar uh, German beer. He was making huh. all sorts of drink stuff. But primarily, very quickly, this German beer huh. started taking off. Oh, okay. And it's also at this time that like a lot more German immigrants start coming in. So he just is like, you know what? Fuck the grocery store. Let's just do this beer. And huh. starts a brewery. Uh, and it becomes very successful. It's like, uh, it's really awesome. Does very well. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's like, uh, it's called Flagstaff beer. Oh, wow. And okay. it's like all the German population loves it. And it starts becoming like, I wouldn't say it was like number one beer in America, but like their success was like on a gigantic level. Where in America did he live? Uh, this was in St. Louis. St. Louis, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And then later on... Um, uh, the mansion itself, though, is in Missouri. Okay. Uh, sorry, it's in Benton Park, Missouri. I don't know if okay. it's just a part of uh, St. Louis. Okay. Um, so he um, started expanding and expanding this brewery and kind of doing like novel concepts of like 
brewing where he was bottling and just kind of keeping it all in house and like yeah. um, taking care of his business, uh, you know, real hands on. And he built the brewery on this uh, natural cave uh, system where huh. like they could store all the stuff in like these natural caves, which is like just an odd fact. Like he found this yeah. like incredible spot. And like this business is kind of like kept going where like um, other breweries have like come into the same spot, like where he established, it's just kind of still stayed. Oh, okay. Um, so um, by 1862, uh, the year of Adam's death, uh, that's when he died, okay. uh, the Lemp's Western Brewery was among the most successful in Missouri. After Adam passed away, his son William took over the brewery. William Lemp expanded the brewery in 1864, and he and his wife, Julia, built their family mansion in 1868, a year after the birth of their first child. Damn, dude, <clears throat> he got busy. <laughs> dude, That's not. crazy. Yeah. He, That's what, four years to get a brewery, expand it, have a kid, build a home? Fuck. Yeah. I mean, it feels like that's almost though, like how everybody was living, you know, that sort of time where it's yeah. just like, well, I'm 18, so I better have grandchildren. Right. <laughs> I'm going to die in five years, so let's hurry up. You got to understand, dude, there's no, there's no there's HBO no Go. Uber. There's no Uber. You, gotta, you say it to me like I don't know that. <laughs> David, you don't understand. I feel like you're still not getting it. No jewel cigarettes. There's no virtual boy. There's no, <laughs> there's no Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. <laughs> All right, so where was I? Uh, no his son wafers. William took over the brewery. William Lemp uh, expanded the brewery in 1864, and he and his wife Julia built their family mansion in 1868. Yeah, okay. Um, so going into more detail about the mansion, built in uh, the early 1860s, uh, the mansion was purchased by William Lemp to function both as a residence and a place where his brewery could thrive. So he wanted to do shit inside the mansion, basically. Right, 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 right. That's cool. That's cool entrepreneur right, spirit. Yeah, I like dude. the way that this family works. They were very successful for a while. And if you live in the brewery, you're always at work. <laughs> yeah, That's a like, genius idea. Wait. How could that be stressful and make you want to die? Was <laughs> 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 that honey? Uh, the new Lemp mansion had 33 rooms. Uh, which doesn't even seem possible. Mm -hmm. A Victorian look and a sizable basement within three floors, not including the Ooh. attic room. So this Ooh. place is fucking massive. As owner and operator. I mean... <laughs> my house growing up had like 29 rooms. Yeah. And your apartment now is like a, a couple... Oh, at least 50. At least 50. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a two-bedroom, but then there are 48 other rooms. Yeah. <laughs> rooms used to be a lot smaller. Yeah. That is true. Mm -hmm. Like, they just... I, I don't know. Were people not bigger? Like, I don't know. I think what... they were smaller people. Totally. Damn. That's yeah. fucking freaky. That's why, yeah, every time you meet a person who is under 5'6", they're at least 200 years old. <laughs> like, on a museum tour. And like, and now look at George Washington's house. And it's a little dollhouse. And they're like, get in. <laughs> Jesus was three <laughs> centimeters tall. <laughs> Jesus was Danny DeVito height. Uh, he was a black man. Yeah. So he was just Sammy Davis and Jr. Yeah, they nailed him to the cross, but it was a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you hear Jesus got crucified? What was it? Two, two toothpicks? Dude, too soon. Wow. It's not like you knew him. <laughs> Oh, you're just saying oh, you that. Know Jesus, man, fuck you. Oh, you're just white knighting Jesus <laughs> <Yeah>. dying. 
In like three weeks, you'll be laughing about it. <laughs> Man. As owner and operator, William Lemp uh, pushed the Western Brewery uh, to become the largest brewery in St. Louis. It later became the largest outside of New York with a single owner. So... Again, impressive. Uh, and William demonstrated innovation and a strong business sense. He began to brew and bottle the beer in the same facility. Oh, sorry, that was the son, not the dad. Yeah. Um, so oh, he, I see. he went even further into this. But this is fun. He installed the first refrigeration machine in an American brewery. <laughs> oh, really? The son. He was the first one to be like, He invented cold beer? Oh, shit. <laughs> We, what if it's cold? Don't Do tell it, Coors. I, I think they might like it in America if oh, it's shit. cold. The Coors Baron like <laughs> finds out about cold beer. <laughs> that will be our sole marketing strategy. <laughs> we should change our, our our tagline from boiling beer to cold beer. Cold is the Rockies. No longer boiling. <laughs> it does feel like they all like knew each other. It like these brewers, all the it, drunk it, people. It, it gets weird, like how incestuous it is. Okay. And I bet Coors was a guy, like it was that that had to be like a family name. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think they almost all all are. Sure, Budweiser and Weiser or whatever uh-huh. shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Budweiser so- Anheuser Busch was one guy. Is it then? <laughs> that was a guy's name. <laughs> it was George Bush's dad. <laughs> Budweiser Bush. <laughs> Budweiser Bush. Budweiser Bush. His middle name was Anheuser. Budweiser Anheuser Bush. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Not a lot of people know this, but no one. It was, no one has ever no known one's that ever except known this, me, which is great. I'm the only one who knows that. That Budweiser Anheuser Bush is George Bush's dad, and you know, that's why he sold uh, weapons to the Nazis because he was German, even though George Bush is not German. So Are anyway. you being serious? Uh-huh. Oh, shit. <laughs> you fucking got him. <laughs> well, you do know that Prescott Bush did sell weapons to the Nazis. Like, that's oh, he real. did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, cool? Good like, weapons. Cool, yeah, cool fun weapons. weapons. Yeah. Like, like the, squirt guns. Well, and like, <laughs> like those ones in Wolfenstein? Yeah, like the B, totally. You know, the BFG cannon? Yeah, the ones for killing, like, the devil. The devil. Killing <laughs> the devil? <laughs> when the Nazis oh, fought cool. the devil. Yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> Where's the money come from? Don't ask. Uh, He took this refrigeration idea even further. (laughs) William (laughs) William Lemp Biscuits. So far, dude, have you not been following? The Nookie Cookie has gone in to a full trolley system. (laughs) The rolling... (laughs) Right. The rolling, rolling, rolling trolley system (laughs) that he installed out through (laughs) San Francisco. Um he installed uh, refrigerated railway cars to allow the transportation of wow. uh, his beer across the United States. So he really like took this cold <laughs> beer thing yeah. seriously. Wow. And it's so fucking funny that everybody <laughs> must have had it like, if not hotter than room temperature, room temperature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hot beer. <laughs> All right. I have heard that it's an American thing, cold no. beer. No, and I do think like, we would call it hot, but like it's just warm. I think a lot of places it's common to have warm beer. I don't know. Yeah, like also, puts you to sleep. It's like a oh, go to bed. <laughs> it's like a warm, a warm, oh, warm. Mm, mm, thank you. Warm beer. Give it to the baby. It's warm. <laughs> it's warm. Anything warm is good for babies. <laughs> Sit on him. <laughs> Your butt is warm. Try it, it out. 
So uh, William and Julia had six children. Uh, the fourth and William Sr.'s favorite, Frederick, was being groomed to replace his father as the head of the business. Unbeknownst to the family, Frederick had significant health problems that would lead to his death in 1901 of heart failure. So the family took the death of the 28-year-old hard, especially Frederick's father. William Lemp mourned deeply for three years. And then when a close friend of his, when a close friend of his died, Frederick Pabst... Wow. Of PBR fame. Damn. Later died. What if it wasn't? <laughs> it was like a whole other guy. Unrelated. Unrelated. Um, but I love that that was like one of his close friends. Damn, dude. Was just the guy who made Pabst beer. Frederick Pabst of PBR fame passed away in 1904. So... In that three-year span, he's like losing his best friend and his son, who's going to groom for his business. William uh, was his already. Son, you're saying William's son died? Yeah, uh, Frederick. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, the guy there, uh, the oldest, you know. And William was already despondent because of his son dying and slowly declining. And about a month after Pap's death, William Lemp committed suicide with a shotgun. So wow. that's the first suicide in this. Whoa! Know. And was how was the business doing? And and he, do you know, he had other kids and shit. This was doing well. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's why I asked because it sounds yeah. like this. He lost a, his best friend and his son, and then obviously those are two like massive blows to your life. But he also has this like flourishing business, a wife, and other kids. Right? Yeah, I did make a Damn. mistake. That wasn't his uh, eldest. Um, well, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Uh, well. <laughs> I guess there was kind of a shift, though, in um, attitudes. There was, like, the temperance movement okay. was a big deal, um, which is really interesting because that's what basically led to the suffrage movement of oh. women, um, you know, pushing for votes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it is all related to this temperance movement, okay. which is where we get the whole prohibition thing, you know, them passing an amendment. But basically, America's housewives were tired of the saloon, they were tired of like men getting drunk all the time. Like beer was such a staple of like huh. everyday life. And like spousal abuse was basically not even talked about, but it was rampant. Yeah. Like it bet. was just like, this is not a society. Like, so oh women God. stepped up and started organizing basically. Wow. Union style to go shame saloons and stuff. Huh. And some of like the earliest people who did it, like men didn't know what to do, and then like sure. you know freaked out because like women would come in and like smash a window and be like, "This place is fucking closed!" Like, whoa, just like we're tired of this shit. Badass. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but then eventually they like arrest women because they're like, "Well, they keep smashing up the saloon." Right. So it it kind of like led to low forms of violence. It's very interesting if anybody. I mean, always look into prohibition. I think it's one of the most interesting chapters of America. So what was the year, what was the date that he killed himself? Uh, I believe it was uh, 1904. Yeah. Uh, but uh, sorry, leading, so the reason I mentioned the temperance thing is you are right. There was a bit of a decline at this point oh, okay. in sales and stuff. Because like, of the temperance movement. Sure. Yeah. There was a, a national kind of like, let's cut this beer shit out <laughs> sort right. of stuff. Um, huh. Yeah. So, uh Let's see. Um, and then when did Prohibition happen? I want to look that up right now. Yeah, I feel like that was 1919. Oh, yeah. Prohibition. Good amount of time between those. I just think it's like cultural attitudes must have been like shifting and like they 
they were just like, we're less successful than we were. Well, I mean, it takes time for things like that to develop. Uh, Prohibition started in 1920 and ended in 1933. And uh, I don't know. That makes sense. If the temperance movement started at the beginning of the 1900s, their their business would start to decline. It would go on and on and on. And then there would have to be like... uh, political movement that started around it that drove toward prohibition because there were other reasons for prohibition too. Yeah. I mean, uh, it then kind of became about, you know, I mean, that's where we have like modern day mafia and shit. Like it's weird how like the minute you started doing the prohibition thing, you then kind of create the illegal side of um, selling the shit, you know? So it's like the United States government, whether willingly or unwittingly or what, you know, like uh, created the mafia. Created organized crime. Al Capone, yeah. I mean, yeah, and just as a quick aside, not to get on too much of a lefty fucking soapbox, but I, I, I just think it's so crazy that in our own history, we have this perfect example of the yeah. fact that legalization is better. It's so it's nuts. It's so bananas, dude. Yeah. Do you think uh, there's any correlation between, <laughs> yeah. like, the drug dealer, you know, like, problem totally. in America mm-hmm. and the fact that the drugs are, like, illegal to begin with? Mm-hmm. It's so funny, too, because, like, a lot of people who really seek out, like, any sort of hardcore nar- narcotics are trying to deal with some sort of trauma. Sure. They almost invariably come from some sort of sadness, some sort of trauma going on that they're trying to mask. Yeah. And it's like... We're just blaming sick people, basically. Yeah, it's just so fucking... I mean, obviously... <laughs> it's really terrible. History never learns its lesson, seemingly so, but we clearly were going to drink no matter what. Yeah. We've made it illegal, <laughs> and then everyone... By the way, there is a... Um, there is a liquor store... I might have even said this before, but there is a liquor store in Salem, Massachusetts that I would always laugh at when I drove by called Bunghole Liquors... And I always assumed as a as an idiot kid who loves this type of toilet humor that that was a pun based on the person who created it. Uh, bunghole. Lick the bunghole. <laughs> and then one day we looked it up. And actually, when beer came in um, like old kegs, the mm-hmm. hole that you would cork it with was the bunghole. <laughs> and the reason that they called that place bunghole liquors was that there was a speakeasy hidden in the basement that they called the bunghole so it wasn't wow. really it wasn't a pun based on that at all like it a was a totally cool story it was like a prohibition <laughs> story yeah totally i actually heard it was named that because bam margera named it that yeah you're not wrong it's called the bumhole bumhole liquor store bunghole bunghole dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just go down to the bunghole, go down to the Wawa. <laughs> uh, eldest son, William Jr., who is in fact the eldest, or Billy, as he was known, hmm. took Billy o- Lemp. <laughs> Billy Lemp took over the Western Brewery, uh, but struggle- struggled to return it to its former glory. In fact, Billy was much better at partying than running a business. It was rumored he took part in many a discreet gatherings that involved illicit alcohol and prostitution, huh. which is like he inherits a brewery. Like, what the fuck do you want from this guy? Like, yeah. I, as far as I can tell, like how a lot of these places were trying to deal with the temperance movement was offering a lot of like non-alcoholic beer versions uh. or like this weird thing, which happened especially during Prohibition. They would sell basically 
a way for you to make beer yourself. Oh, you right. couldn't sell beer, but you could store a thing that you would like ferment under your like kitchen uh, counter, like your own, you know, I don't crazy. know, wine and beer and shit. Yeah. And that's actually how Budweiser started because Budweiser Bush, who we were talking about before, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> In yeah, connection no, just... with <laughs> the Bilderberg Group, <laughs> the Bilderbear Group, uh, folks, you're going to want to look up the Bilderbear Group. Wait, when did Pabst get its blue ribbon? Uh, oh, it's, dude, it's so long ago. It's in the 1800s. Yeah, that's insane to be like, we won an award before flavor was invented. <laughs> Still blue ribbon. It's not like they win it every year. Like your whole thing's like number one winner before the turn of the century. <laughs> uh, between 1882 and 1916, it won a bunch of blue ribbons, which means that it kept winning blue ribbons after that guy died. Huh. It's interesting. I'd say it did better because. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could go for a nice cold Pabst right now. <laughs> I would love a Pabst. Yeah, it's hard to tell other than like there was a boom and then it seems like there's like struggles for some businesses and some are maybe like, you know, some made it through prohibition. Yeah. And then a lot fell by the wayside if you couldn't keep your shit together. So in your. Oh, wow. Funny. The beer was originally called Best Select and then Pabst Select and then it won all those blue ribbons and. It's Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's so interesting. That sounds like a guy really making it up on the fly. Like his, best. His, you it's know, best. His, so gar- like, his just, garage band still coming up with the name. Totally. No, we're not done. We're not doing screaming weasels anymore. Now we're now we're fist punk. Yeah, we're, yeah it's like they showed up at a beer show and they were like, "What's your beer called? You have to have a name." And he was like, "Oh, it's called Good Beer. We just won, we just won awards. It's called We Just Won Thirty Fucking Awards. Why don't you shut your fucking mouth? Award beer. Do you like my beer or not?" <laughs> God, if everyone would just stop trying to get me to stop drinking, keep my head together, why do these bitches want us to stop drinking? Oh, man. Uh, So. uh, Okay. So he was involved in basically, you know, going to parties and prostitution and shit. This is which? which This is Billy. Billy Lamb. This is Billy, the the son who wasn't supposed to Oh, the story's still going. Oh, okay. I thought. Yeah. His dad did commit suicide, though. We haven't even gotten into basically the ghost part. It's a short story, but like you'd be surprised how it's about to turn. <laughs> oh, okay. But I'm not wrong, though. The father did kill himself. Yes. Okay. His father killed himself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So far, it's his dad, and then his brother had died young, basically. Right. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Um, wow. So all this running around became grounds for his wife to divorce him in 1908, citing mistreatment and indecency. After only 11 days, the divorce was successfully filed. Billy's wife received a large sum of money from the Lemp family and gained full custody of their only son. Uh, ten, years, <laughs> 10 years later, the Western Brewery closed without giving any notice to workers. Them's, oh, good. Sounds like the time. <laughs> sounds about right. Uh, huh. Despite creating a non-alcoholic beer, the company simply couldn't sustain itself through prohibition. This proved to be more than Billy could handle. Approximately four years later, on September 29th, 1922, Billy became the second Lemp to die from suicide within the Lemp mansion walls. Whoa. Yeah. She's Lemp. She's Lemp. She's Lemp. <laughs> He's crazy. probably dead. 
In addition to his financial woes, there were rumors of a more physical threat to Billy Lemp. Supposedly, he had a son with a woman outside of the confines of marriage. <laughs> the confines? <laughs> marriage is a prison. Dude. Jesus Christ, dude. Trust me, marriage is a fucking cell. <laughs> it's a shark cage. <laughs> it's a shark cage? Isn't a shark cage to protect you? <laughs> you wouldn't want to live in one. Is a shark cage a good thing? That's true, you know I guess. I, You don't want to like live in one. Well, if I were constantly <laughs> around sharks, I would. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, dude. Okay. Your life is great. <laughs> and mine's bad. Supposedly, he had a little baby. Okay. Little baby boy. Little baby boy was apparently was born with Down syndrome. And his name was Biscuit. <laughs> oh my God. Fred. Fred Lamp? The worst. It was originally Fred, Fred de Worst, de worst, Fred de worst. which me- means, of course, in German, Fred the Sausage. <laughs> Fred de Worst. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, right, of course. Yeah, no, I, I'm over-explaining Fred it. Sausage. No, you don't need to. We all understood. And they, they elaborate in this article, a shameful thing within a family at the time. Ah, uh, sure, yes. <laughs> like, here's Even. the thing. This story might be totally fraudulent, but this is like the legend that is currently here. Uh, okay. So rather than reveal his infidel... It, <coughs> Rather than reveal his infidelity and the child's disability to the world, Billy hid his child within the walls of the Lemp Mansion. The Uh young boy's spirit is still reported to show his face inside the house. (laughs) There are no official records that this boy ever existed, but the story has persisted for over a century. Whoa, (laughs) dude. Wow. Yeah. So when it says it's just taking creative license when it says hid the kid within the walls, that means within the house. It doesn't mean like in the walls, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> one's like totally acceptable. I mean, honestly, yeah. one is still fucking crazy, but at least he's not trapping the kid in yeah, the walls. It's not the people under the stairs that the kids like. We have thirty-three rooms. <laughs> you're, you're like, get in the walls. Get in the walls, Hubert. <laughs> <laughs> Hubert was born born insane. And his name was Fred. Was Fred. that true? No. Oh, they don't, I don't know. Th- I don't think he had a name. And basically the whole the thing is this sounds like one of those kinds of rumors that is way out of control. I mean, there's really nothing to back that up. Yeah. It's just that People have, uh, you know, we're like, oh, this marriage fell apart. There was this fortune that was lost and this family, you know, fell apart. There's probably like a child born out of wedlock. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It was probably like born ill and like they were like really embarrassed. And it's like, you know, I could see people just fabricating a bit of a. I mean, this story sounds crazy unlikely that someone would just keep somebody in their house and never like show them to the outside world. Yeah. It's like, like, okay. But then again, I have a kid trapped in my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Damn. Putting, Dave, you're canceled twice. That's fine. Uh, R. (laughs) Kelly is trapped in my closet. (laughs) And he's trapping women inside of a smaller closet inside of that closet. It's pretty weird. (laughs) It's pretty weird. Uh, Wow. it's, It's one of those things of like... I mean, you, I don't know. It's like it, it, it makes just as much sense to make up that story than to say there's a story with zero proof. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you one thing real quick, just yeah. based on all of these facts? I just want to say I love limp. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just want to be a thousand percent clear. I love Lem. I love Lem. <laughs> Anchorman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's a sailor, right? Anchorman, a- the, anchor- the coolest Avenger. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll stabilize the boat. Anchorman. Anyway. He just throws. He just shoots. Anyway. He just suffocates people with maps of San Diego. <laughs> Sorry, San Diego. Uh, <laughs> I just wish there were quotable lines. <laughs> I know. I wish anyone would ever uh, quote that movie. It's Shagadelic, my wife. I know. <laughs> have we? Have you been to the Austin Powers bar yet in Glendale? Oh my God. We should go. Apparently, it sucks. I really, I really want to go. Is that where we can we do our joint mass shooting there? What? <laughs> no, that's not funny. <laughs> I mean, that's not funny at all. I man. don't know, man. I went to Virginia Tech. <laughs> I think I have a creative license. Um, okay, wait. So a little bit more because there's another suicide in this. What? Yep. Uh, this is a, at this point, it's starting to reach family curse level. You know, there's rumors. There's two suicides. Father's dead. Hidden kid. Uh, other p- person died unnaturally young. So people are like, uh, stop drinking this beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe the beer is haunted. <laughs> oh, but I love the lead bottles. <laughs> Keep drinking them out of the lead bottles. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so good. It's 30% asbestos. <laughs> you just do it right. <laughs> Okay. Um, Two years before Billy's death, another Lemp child succumbed, although not in the family home. As a young woman, Elsa Lemp married the president of a prominent metal producing company in 1910. Their marriage ended in... Metallica? (laughs) Metallica. (laughs) Prominent Metallica company. (laughs) It was Lars. Lars! Ooh, welcome! Welcome to the family, Lars! (laughs) If you ever take any of my music... I will fucking kill you. Okay, I thought we made metal. If you even pay me for my albums, I will fucking end you. I like Lars Ulrich going in front of Congress. Which one of you fucking motherfuckers stole my goddamn records? Uh, Mr. Ulrich, we don't know what you're talking about. Um... The marriage ended in divorce in 1918. Apparently, the couple reconciled, uh, remarrying in 1920. But less than a month after their remarriage, Elsa shot herself in her bed. Whoa, what? This is tragic here uh, and stunning. Uh, Billy's reaction upon hearing of the death of his sister, Billy said, that's the Lemp family for you. What? (laughs) That's how Billy responded. Holy shit, dude. Billy, that's crazy. who went on to kill himself. Right. You know, but I love that he's like, well, that's our mixed up wow. crazy family. Someone, Gotta love us. <laughs> and no one told your life was going to be this way. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> wow. That's so crazy. I'll give you any guess who killed themselves. <laughs> but it was a limp. <laughs> Damn, Of course man. it was. She's my sister. I just love the callousness of that. That's damn. the Lemp family for you. I know. You. I mean, damn. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, well, fuck. <laughs> Charles Lemp, the third son of William Sr., moved into the Lemp mansion in 1929, seven years after his brother's suicide. Although Charles was unmarried and known for his penchant for solitude, 
a married couple moved in with them, along with Charles's dog and two servants. In May 1949, Charles first shot his dog and then himself. What? <laughs> he committed suicide. And Charles is Billy's son? No, he's just another brother. Another brother. Yeah, he's another brother. What? Yeah. So Charles shot the dog, then shot himself, leaving behind a note uh, which read, In case I, I love am- dogs. <laughs> not what it looks like i swear, I swear God, I you guys dogs. are gonna jump to conclusions <laughs> but i'm <laughs> he came at me uh, he asked me to he asked me i did it for out of love oh boy <laughs> oh i don't know <laughs> looks like we've got nothing to rip for <laughs> doesn't smell the same it used to. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, other dog stuff. Extrapolation of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But further, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, create your own podcast. Right, I don't like to skip myself or even other butts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Cut my life in two pieces. This is my first resort. That moment when butts just don't smell good anymore. It's back. <laughs> It's back. <laughs> the joke's better now. <laughs> yeah, so kind of out of nowhere, but he did leave a note. Uh, in case I am found dead, blame it on no one but me. Uh, he had left these instructions for his body with a St. Louis funeral home eight years earlier. What? Just if I'm ever dead, rest assured, I did it. Damn, St. Louis fucking sucks, <laughs> huh? <laughs> The funeral homes are like, totally, we won't no. tell anyone. No. We won't tell anyone at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, shit, man. Uh, St. Louis. I, I'm trying to go to St. Louis. You guys seem, there, it sounds like there's actually a lot of our listeners. In there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I no, was no, kidding, I obviously. Get it, I get it, but I'm just like, it reminded me that I'm like, I just checked out a cool uh, bunch of comedy venues. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to hit up. Oh, dude. I want to go to places I've never been, you know? Dude, you sh- yeah. Do we have a bunch of listeners in St. Louis? That's right. I've yeah. had some really, really good shows there. And one of my favorite people to work with in comedy touring is in St. Louis. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Chris Rock? She might be in, what'd you say? Chris Rock? <laughs> um, the Cri- Christina Rock. Sorry. She might be in Chicago now. She was in Chicago for a while. And actually, her she is a comedy promoter and comedian and also uh, works in the beer industry, oh. oddly enough. Uh, oh, her name is Kelsey McClure. She's super funny, and she puts on great shows. And uh, yeah, one of my favorite shows I've ever done was at Blueberry Hill, which is uh, in like the sort of like I, I don't know, like fun one of the like bustling fun neighborhoods in St. Louis. I forget the name, but it's partially owned by Chuck Berry. And uh, one of the reasons that the show was so good was that Chuck Berry was playing in the venue that night in another room that I was in. I was in the basement. You Chuck Berry was in the Blueberry? He was in the Blueberry. Chuck yeah. Berry in the Berry? Chuck Berry in the Berry. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's too much Berry. And I was freaking out with excitement that I was in the, I was playing the same venue as Chuck Berry in one night. No one had told me that he owned the place, lives in St. Louis, and performs there three times a month. <laughs> so when I was saying that, no one cared. And eventually... Someone was like, he owns this place. So, and I was like, so that's why this isn't interesting to you? (laughs) And then I flipped out and we had a lot of fun about it. Oh, that's why it's called the Blueberry. Maybe. I don't know. Hear me out. (laughs) Sorry. Berries. (laughs) Sorry. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wish, oh, Dave. Wish I was dead. But look up Blueberry Hill. It was a fun spot. Uh, uh, this is kind of stupid. I'll skip over that. In total, the Lemp family saw four of their uh, member. Uh, the Lemp family saw four of their members commit suicide. Uh, many of the Lemp uh, mansion's former residents are reported to still haunt the home today. From Billy's ill-begotten son <laughs> to William Senior, only two of William Lemp's children lived full lives. Louis Lemp died of natural causes in 1931. Edwin lived to be 90, passing away in 1970. His final dying request was for his caretaker to, to destroy every family heirloom Whoa. and the family's art collection. So he had some feelings. I actually <laughs> read that you can tour the mansion and that that yep. tour is called the Family Values Tour. <laughs> The Lent, the Lent family's biscuits on the family values tour. You can check out that mansion. It's an attraction. That's also partially why I think they really build up this whole like, oh yeah, no, I saw it too. There was a ghost. Oh yeah, definitely. Right, right, um, right. I mean, it's a big, it's a big old house with thirty-three rooms. There's, God, yeah. there's definitely a ton of fucking noises happening all the time. Right. Uh, so the mansion goes through some hands. Uh, in 1949, the mansion was sold off and transformed into a boarding house, which are never good. It wasn't long before hauntings were reported. So around 1949 is when the first haunting claims. Witnesses claimed to see a boy who asked for someone to play with them. So he's fucking Wait, terrifying. okay, when you say witnesses, like, these are... Okay, I I'm just trying to, for my own, okay. like, timeline in my head... This is now in the era of like all the the kids of Billy's generation are dead, and it's like, does a historical society own it, or does the family still own it? Some of the family um, is still alive, okay. but basically, uh, this is 1949, and the mansion has been sold off and is now a boarding house. So the people right, who okay. are witnessing this stuff are people staying in the boarding house got it. Okay. who start going, "This place is fucking haunted." <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and they're seeing a little boy asking to play with them, and people are like, "There's no." Boy, <laughs> you wow. know, like, come play with us forever. Damn, um, forever. Pe <laughs> people Jesus. would feel inexplicable burning sensations, cold spots, slamming doors, and other mysterious sounds. A lot of this sounds like people complaining when you just are in an old house that you don't want to be right. in. You're like, I'm hot in this room, now I'm cold here. What was that noise? Right, <laughs> sure. Well, well there's there's clearly some sort of insane afterlife where people are tormented to be spirits. Yeah, it's not just an old yeah. drafty house. Yeah, surely the most logical solution is that there's some sort of God that creates a universe but then doesn't care about you and yeah, keeps like, you in some sort of third It has nothing to do with the dimension. fact that the house was built in 1864 <laughs> and there were 33 <laughs> fucking rooms in it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And they made beer in the house also. <laughs> made beer and killed themselves. Yeah, so that's basically it. And I mean, wow. uh, people, this is, I think, a little bit insulting, but because they know it's a Down syndrome child is the legend, but the people apparently always say that there's a monkey face boy <laughs> walking around. Oh my God. What, dude? So the legend is this kid had know. Down syndrome? I, I didn't realize that, huh? Well, yeah, I said that. Uh, that's why he was the kid that, you know, raised within the walls. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a secret son that, like, had an illness. Like, oh. they said Down syndrome and, like, you know, that's the myth. I, I don't think it's true. I think the whole thing's just like... Made up to cre expand the lore. I mean, it's creepy yeah. enough that like four members of this family committed suicide and I think two of them inside that house. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... It's almost like 
uh, depression is hereditary. <laughs> nope, it's witches. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> it's so funny how like nope, we witches. just every piece of history we read is just like, and everyone said they were a, a weirdo, and like <laughs> they're just <laughs> clinically yeah, depressed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I could yeah. have just literally helped that person. Wow, that's a fucking amazing story, dude. Yeah, thanks uh, so much uh, for suggesting it, uh, listeners of the show. Yeah, buddiesbuddiesbuddies uh, at gmail.com. If you'd like to email suggestions for his suicides in history to talk about, or if you just want to share something with us, we always love getting your emails. Yeah, and guys, please come check out uh, me on tour. I'll be in Atlanta, Wilmington, and uh, D.C., uh, December 12th through the 15th. Tickets are up at HamptonYacht.com. Please come out. It's so much fun to uh, perform for you guys and meet you guys and say hey and everything. And uh, I'm a nice guy. Come up and say hey. <laughs> It'll be nice fun. Guy. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. Uh, yeah, and come see me December 13th. That's a Friday. Friday the 13th. Uh, yeah, uh, Friday, December 13th at uh, North Bar in Chicago. Those ticket links are not up yet, but they will be up soon. Oh, and we have... Uh, uh, Hampton and I do solo episodes for our $10 patrons and up on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash suicide buddies. And then we have a new one of those up this week and actually should have two up because we're a little behind on getting those up. So yeah, yeah. check that out. And guys, uh, you know, we've mentioned it a bunch, but I'm wearing it right now. So it feels appropriate. We do have a new t-shirt out, oh, which yeah. is fucking awesome. It's like the black metal Infowars version of the suicide buddies <laughs> made by Shay Scranton at, yeah. S H A Y S C R A N T O N. It's super Instagram. comfortable and like looks it, just sick. His art's great. Yeah. Uh, so that's suicidebuddies.threadless.com. Yeah. And uh, you're the fucking best fans on earth. Thank you so much for listening. And we are glad you're alive. See you guys later. Glad Bye. you're alive. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to Suicide Buddies. Dave and I want you to know that we don't really take this subject that lightly, even though we joke about depression and suicide and possibly even killing ourselves. Uh, it's all part of the beast, but you need to know that we don't take it lightly. And we respect that if you're actually currently dealing with insane depression right now, that we would prefer that you deal with it. And we would really appreciate it, especially if you would call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They're at 1-800-273-8255. That's one 800 273 talk and they're they're better equipped to deal with some of the more medical side of uh, depression and suicidal thoughts and they are there they're there to talk to you and help you deal with it and we really want you to stay with us and we're happy that you're with us so thanks for listening Podcast Network.